Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Nikki. And Tim. We have Tim here. He's uh, been a long-time listener, and he's my friend in real life, so he came to visit, and he's going to be on the show with us tonight. Welcome, Tim. In Minnesota, or not Minnesota, Michigan, there was a city council meeting where an all-Muslim city council voted to ban pride flags in public spaces in the whole city. That's crazy. Which just seems a little bit like a conflict of interest. Yeah. Yeah. And um, lots of shenanigans went down because of that. And it was it, it's, it's pretty entertaining. I mean, it seems like they wouldn't be able to do that because, I mean, a rainbow flag could mean anything. Like, it's not necessarily a pride flag. So hmm. if I have a rainbow, something rainbow in my yard... How are they going to enforce that and tell me that I can't have that? That's just kind of ridiculous. I hadn't necessarily found out if um, they're banning that specific pride flag with the like triangle on the side. Oh, yeah, like the new updated one. Yeah, I hadn't looked at that yet. It could be that, but you're right. If someone just wants to have a rainbow piece of fabric in their yard, they should be able to. I mean, somebody should be able to have any flag they want to have in their own yard. Well, oh, wait, it's about public property, but still, they shouldn't be able to do that. Oh, I was thinking private property. Okay. Yep, yep. It's still weird, though. It's still not right. It's not a religious symbol. I mean, it's crazy. Let's just get into it. A Michigan city with an all-Muslim government has banned LGBTQ plus flags from public areas after a bizarre hours-long meeting that saw displays of passion from both sides. The Hamtrak... That's a weird name. It, no, it's Ham Tramp. City Council meeting took a turn when a woman wearing a clown nose made a speech mocking the council and its majority Muslim. Okay, majority. I thought it was all Muslim population. Oh, wait, no. The council is majority Muslim. I, th- I thought the why? whole council was majority mu- or was all Muslim. But My question is, why is she wearing a clown nose? I think she's calling them clowns she's just, or yeah, saying like, this is clown rude? world. It's kind of clown world. Um, it says a woman wearing a clown nose made a speech mocking the council and its majority Muslim population before kissing a woman standing next to her on Tuesday night. So obviously, as you can imagine, yeah. a bunch of religious people probably didn't like that. And it was probably hilarious. I just can't believe we're still doing this, right? Like, yeah, this isn't the 80s anymore where, you know, like this is... I, I thought we were past this. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, if a straight community like a muslim community says that two lesbians can't kiss why can't a gay community come out and say that two straight people can't kiss because that's offending them i mean i feel like it's a two-way street isn't it yeah absolutely and a lot of people want to talk about grooming like oh disney's grooming kids and they're you know letting gay people kiss in you know children's movies but i so if that is grooming if two gay people kissing is grooming wouldn't it be the same for you know to straight people in, in a movie or, you know, like all of the princess movies where they get saved by Prince Charming and fall in love. How is that not grooming? I just, I, I don't see how it's both ways. Yeah. A bunch of masked Nazis didn't come to my elementary school when my fourth grade teacher had her husband come for one day and announced that they, they both announced together that she was pregnant. It was really sweet. Yeah, that's cute. And we all cried because like she was also telling us that she had to quit basically and we yeah. got a new teacher the rest of the year. But anyways, no, you know, Nazis came to take out the groomer 
who's, you know, grooming children because, you know, that's pretty heterosexual there. And, like, I also want to be clear. I don't think it's necessarily... I don't want to insinuate that it's an issue if, like, a a straight couple is, you know, kissing in a Disney movie. You know, I, I don't think that's necessarily inappropriate for children to witness, like, to a certain extent. But I just don't... I, I just don't really feel like there's anything wrong with children knowing that gay people exist. That, that's what I'm saying, too, to be clear. I'm not saying that somebody should have come and stopped my teacher in that yeah. uh, instance or anything. I don't think grooming is really a thing that these right-wingers think it means. Well, I think a bigger issue is that uh, when two people kiss, I mean, it's just a normal thing that happens. I mean, most kids have seen their parents kiss. It's nothing that's like out of the ordinary i mean even most kids have at one point seen two gay people kiss if not lesbians hamtrak population twenty-seven thousand, is a non-clave surrounded by detroit more than 40 percent of residents were born in other countries according to the u.s census bureau and a significant share are of yemeni or bangladeshi descent uh, i just don't really get the point of even pointing it out it's like it doesn't really matter like if you guys came from another country and it's not okay to be gay there or you mostly have a religion there where it's not okay to be gay in your religion, it really shouldn't matter. No, it shouldn't because here people are allowed to have, you know, different religions. People are allowed to have different sexual orientations. Like that is not only not against the law here, but it's also kind of socially acceptable. Like people aren't typically, I from what I've seen, um, people aren't really discriminating against LGBTQ plus people that anymore. much anymore as in the past. Like, of course, some people are still getting discriminated against, but it's not nearly as bad as it was in the 80s and before that. And really, the this could open up the can of worms of like, oh, well, do we want to have a, I don't know, a Christian flag, a Muslim flag, all these religious flags? On the government property, somebody might say that, but at the same time, LGBTQ plus flag isn't a religious flag. So no. I just, I just don't. Get I don't it. know. And, and kind of the bottom line is more rules, especially if they're coming from the government, is typically a bad thing, right? So it just seems dumb to even have to, to like have this discussion, <laughs> and even. In the, the question of doing religious things on pro- public property, I believe that kids should be allowed to pray to whatever gods yeah. they want at pu- public schools and bring Bibles there. I mean, well, isn't public property owned by the people? So, Well, well it's owned by the government. Well, yeah, yeah but it's what they you want know, you people think. who pay taxes and fund said government owns that property. So yeah. they should be able to exercise whatever rights they you know, so and, and I think have. that's an important point because they want you to think that it belongs to the public and that's exactly. why they call it public. But really, it's not. It belongs to the government and you don't really have full rights there. Exactly. It says the two women kissing were followed up by Dearborn activist Hassan Aoun, who spoke passionately against the pride flag on public property, said, I am a Lebanese person and I support the American flag. We are not going to sit here and tolerate you guys coming and saying, oh, it's Pride Month. You're gay? No problem. (laughs) He's not going to tolerate that. (laughs) The city council did vote unanimously to display only five flags, including the American flag, the Michigan flag, and one that represents the native countries of immigrant residents. Mayor Amer 
Galib made the flag a campaign issue when then-Mayor Karen Majewski flew one on city property in 2021. Mayor Amer Galib said that the flag or the city would not fly flags that were not related to American or veterans causes. I mean, it also seems kind of weird. So it said that they could um, fly, you know, um, flags of other countries where most of the immigrants were from. It just it seems seem weird. It just seems to weird to be able to do that and not be able to fly the pride flag. Also, veterans you know? flags for veterans causes. Um, killing people is against my religion. <laughs> yeah, but they don't care about that. Yeah, war is totally cool. Kissing people. And- and that's the thing too. Not. What's what's really sad is, you know, people being anti-war does seem to be like you're in the minority if you have those beliefs mm-hmm. because no one's really I from what I've heard, I've never ever heard of anyone being against, you know, flying different types of military flags on public government properties. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it doesn't offend me enough to do something about it. Like, and honestly, I don't care what people do. If you want to be proud of the fact that you were in the military, that's awesome. Do that. I yeah, don't your really want private to. private property for one thing. And I really, I don't care what is going on on the government properties. You know, I don't care what's going on on so-called public property. Yeah, I'd rather them not exist. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's not worth my time to, like, try to infringe on other people's rights like the people in this article are doing. And you say most people aren't you know like religiously anti-war and that's absolutely true you're in the minority like you said if you're anti-war but i bet majority probably everyone you talk to is religiously anti-murder and they just can't put those two things together Mm -hmm. they can't realize that's a hypocrisy well i don't know that this article has said two separate things now or two contradictory things now because this uh little caption under this picture says some members of the all muslim council said the pride flag clashes with the beliefs of some members of their faith. Businesses and residents aren't prohibited from displaying the pride flag on their own property. And then there's a picture of the guy. Yeah, I just think it's really ridiculous. It's kind of... I. He says here, we serve everybody equally with no discrimination and without favoritism. I don't know. It does... I'm having a hard time deciding if this is discrimination or not. Because it doesn't sound like they're actually discriminating against them by saying, hey, I don't want a gay flag at the town hall. But it's just like, what is the category that gay flag is in that they can be discriminated against when other things can't? Because like, I can see religion, like you're supposed to separate religion and state. If there was like, I don't know, a, a statue of Jesus, like a crucifix hanging in a public place that would be inappropriate but that's it's just not the same thing when it comes to like a pride flag well i think the biggest issue is that like it's just a flag it's a it's a piece of cloth with colors on it i think they're i think they're i think they're acting very ridiculous over just that because i mean you take these same people and you burn an american flag look how crazy they respond Mm -hmm. so i mean it's just a color you know it's just a rainbow we have a story of some kids skateboarding but they didn't have the license so the cops came in and arrested i think you said 80 children yeah more than 100 people were charged including 81 children so this uh was in san francisco do you want me to get into the article we're oh, yeah, teasing it no. okay so um as a san francisco skateboarding event erupts into a massive uh 
Massive melee? I don't know. Melee? I don't know. I don't know what that means, what they're using that word to mean. Anyways, um, basically, the cops are saying that a riot erupted as cops were cracking down on annual gatherings. So it sounds like they do this every year. Uh, I don't know Hmm. exactly what they're celebrating or if it's a memorial of some sort, but it seems pretty harmless. Children um, and maybe other, you know, young adults skateboarding down a hill in San Francisco doesn't really sound like that needs to turn into a riot. But let's see. So San Francisco police shut down an annual skateboarding event that erupted into chaos, arresting 32 adults, inciting 81 minors in the Mission District July 8th. Hundreds gathered near Dolores Street to take part in... Dolores Hill Bomb, a popular annual skateboarding event where people ride down a large hill. Officers issued a mass arrest of the crowd at 8.35 p.m. The majority were minors. Cops seized multiple firearms, Hmm. unigniting fireworks and narcotic uh, and narcotics and paraphernalia. So this is all just like a money grab to be able to go, yeah, I bet those skateboarders have some drugs and maybe even guns. Let's go arrest them and get a bunch of revenue for the town. Uh, and I, this is also a great example of how well gun control works because I'm assuming it is so hard to get a firearm in San Francisco but somehow they were confiscated. So how are people getting firearms? Wait, aren't, if, aren't drugs illegal as well? Yeah, yeah and drugs. So how are people even getting these things if they're illegal? Well, you know, that's a War on drugs doesn't work, and the war on guns will not either. Exactly. So case, chaos erupted in the Mission District of San Francisco, where more than 100 people, mostly minors, were arrested. Um, officers described the event as unpermitted, and non-sanctioned as <laughs> and one that has previously taken over streets and caused mass property damage. Hmm. Um, well, the individuals who damage property should be punished. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with like them hosting this event, and I definitely don't think that they should need any sort of permission from the state, but... Um, I, it's San Francisco is a weird place because it kind of gets the the like hippie sort of vibe, especially since like that's where the Grateful Dead's from and, you know, hate Ashbury Street. But then there's like people like there's a wide homeless population and people are pooping in the street. And it's just it seems to be a mess. Tons of um stores like big name stores like yeah. Nordstrom are closing down because they say like every day at the same time people just come in with big trash bags fill it up with merchandise and walk right out because and they're allowed to right yeah well, so the, the workers are not allowed to stop them exactly. so. so that pretty much means they're allowed to if, yep. if no one's going to do anything about it so it seems like there's just this a lot of crime going on in San Francisco so I, I you know I want to say yeah these kids should be able to do this but why does this need you know like this could be a fun harmless event why does it need to like why do they need to destroy private property and well i also think that this is typical government uh you know just a couple kids you know 80 something kids wanting to have fun skateboard their 
uh, skateboard down a hill. Yeah. You know, it's just an event that they're doing. I mean, if some property gets damaged, you know, they should be held responsible for that. But ultimately, I mean, it's just them having fun. Yeah. I mean, you don't need a bunch of government officials and police people coming over and arresting kids, you know, charging them with narcotics yeah. and, you know, illegal firearm possession, all these other charges that could potentially ruin their life yeah. or ruin, you know, the career that they would be going after, ruin their um, any job possibilities. So are you suspecting that maybe this is, you know, as far as this article goes, this is really the cops blowing this way out of proportion? They're like, oh, there was fireworks and guns and drugs. And really, it just wasn't. I mean, it's that possible. Big of a deal. Yeah, I hadn't even heard you uh, say that there was any allegation that there was property damage this year. It's not like they came and broke up some kind of a riot. It seems more like they came and broke up a gathering and then... Yeah, they were like, oh, just in case. Yep. In the past, this happened, so now you're not allowed to do it because you didn't get a permit. Officers noticed noted they first received reports of fireworks being set off in vandalism near Cumberland and Dolores Streets at 615. Officers responded to the area and assisted residents in accessing their homes because they were afraid for their safety, said police. So these people are scared to go to their house because there's a firecracker going off. So what do they do? They call a guy, a goon, with a gun. That doesn't make any sense. To to come near their house. Can you uh, come shoot my dog, please? There's There's some teenagers shooting off Roman candles. Can you just, you know come uh, physically assault them for me and arrest them. And that's the thing. No one was accused of like shooting a firework at a person. It's just the fact that they probably have some kind of time frame where they're not allowed to use uh, fireworks in California because, I mean, I know they have a lot of um, wildfires, but it's not like fireworks are the number one cause of wildfires. I think it's ridiculous that they're Well, illegal. it probably is illegal to set them off. No, that's, that is... what it, that's what they said. They said they had illegal fireworks. Yeah. It's not like because they were harming people with I them. I know in a lot of states you aren't allowed to just set fireworks off. Especially in certain time periods. Yeah. In the western states it's a lot of, you know, the summer because there's fire hazards. Well, it really just sounds like the the issue isn't these kids setting off fireworks or the issue isn't these kids actually harming people or causing any damage. The issue is that they're being disobedient. Right. Yeah. They're not listening to the government rules. So That's exactly it. That That's why they use the word unsanctioned. Yep. So at 7.10 p.m., an officer attempting to assist a resident entering their home was approached by a 16-year-old boy who allegedly spat in his face. I mean, that's if, if that's true, that's not really cool. I don't think you should, you know, aggress on people. Um, I, I, I completely understand, like, being an angsty teenager, and I completely understand not liking the police. But, um, I mean, if that is the truth of the matter, then that's... Well, I mean, that doesn't I mean, sound like the whole story. No, I don't think so either. I'm sure that right. there's more to that story. But, I mean, if that is exactly what happened, I mean, the kid did assault him. Yeah. So. Um, when the officer tried to detain the boy, a 15-year-old girl allegedly tried to interfere and the officer received, in quotes, lacerations to his face, whatever that means. Nice. Maybe she was scratching his face or something or Maybe hitting with nails. something. Yeah. Yeah, and it. I just I've never seen anyone able to like, especially a fifteen-year-old girl, really attack an officer because they're gonna tase you or something. Yeah, exactly. So I I just have a little bit of a hard time believing some of the details. Hmm. Is this the same story with the riot gear? Yeah. So how did he? So he got lacerations on his face through the riot gear. Hmm. 
Um, they didn't say that this particular this officer, he might have just been a regular city cop. Okay. Um, I don't know if he was a, a member of the SWAT team, but it did say earlier in the um, article that they arrived wearing riot gear. But that might have this might be before the riot gear people came. I think they said something about that happening at eight o'clock. I can't really say and that I blame the kind girl. Of, because even if the boys spat in the officer's face, is that a level of aggression that's that warrants kidnapping? Should she no. have been able no. to, um, you know, stop her friend potentially from being kidnapped? Yeah, I think, you know, she didn't do anything And wrong. also, like, there are a very long series of events spanning decades that led up to this point of disrest. So obviously, you know, they've, there's a reason why people don't like the police. Absolutely. You know, so there are, yeah, maybe that particular officer in the moment didn't do anything to warrant any sort of physical assault. Um, But there is, you know, a very long history of police brutality. And as we point out on the show a lot, if you are a police officer, you are accepting the jo- a job with the description of harassing people, enforcing unjust laws, and, you know, that kind of does... I don't think it warrants physical assaults, but it does... I don't even want to say makes them a bad people, but kind of. I, I think mean, it definitely makes you a bad person. At least you're doing... You're agreeing to accept money to do bad things. It's like, yep. what's the difference between, like, being in a gang? Sarah, what's on your mind? Oh, yes. I I wanted to talk about our most exciting criminals of Albuquerque. Um, Yes, so they stole that bait car and and then... um, A bait car? A bait car. Yeah, they're a a trick car to Hmm. uh, lure in the car thieves. Oh, okay. So this was a setup already. All right. Yeah, they set up, and he was running away, and um, I guess they were. He finally found out, and then they had a drone that was following him. We have a drone now; that's a new technology, and and he was actually shooting at the drone. So this is our very. Where, where's the cop show when we need one? You know what I mean? <laughs> we need cops in our town. Well, no, I said cop show. Yeah, remember yeah. The Albuquerque? Oh, sorry, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they've been to Albuquerque. Like the- I know. I'm gonna. I'm well, actually gonna do that. Uh, uh, look up cops, Albuquerque. Oh yeah, Mexico I bet it, it would be probably episodes. pretty wild. I'm sure they've been to Albuquerque, Sarah. But uh, so was this drone just supposed to follow him and figure out where he went from there? Uh, I I guess so because um, I I guess they're supposed to find um, where they were because. Um, um, before, um, the call was supposed to just lock up and lock them in or something like that. Or, oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I or, yeah, or, or just, uh, and, um, they have a remote control, so they would just stop the car. And, oh my God. That's really, that sounds really dangerous. Just, yeah. Sarah, that, well, they, uh-huh. oh yeah, I was gonna say, you're probably right because they, they would probably, if they realized it was a bait car or something. And they tried to run away. It's not like they can outrun the drone. The cops can just show up wherever they are. I don't know if this is necessarily a good use of, you know, the people of Albuquerque's money. It's like, was he going to steal a car if the big car wasn't there? 
Maybe they made yeah, it really it was, obviously. It is kind of weird. It's that's it's almost like I, and I guess this is a little different, but like dropping a hundred dollars on the floor, and then when someone picks it up and puts it in their pocket, telling them that they're a bad person and mm. that they're stealing from you know, it's like. It's it's just whenever in the, the same thing with the the drug bust setups and stuff like that. It's just it seems like a complete waste of time because why are we trying to if somebody's breaking the law then we'll, whatever address it then. But why are we creating situations for people to break the law? It seems like the opposite of what the cops would want to be doing. Well, no, because they have to justify their existence. If they can bust yeah. a bunch of people and they can say, okay, well, this is why you need yeah. us. Well, the thing is, I'm I'm in favor of it of all of this, but it's a good thing that it's a robocop. I mean, because if he if he gets killed, you just have to get out, fix a, the another drone and and fly it out. I don't like the live officers being shot at and getting hurt and killed. That's why I'm all for the automated robocops. You know. I mean, um, I'm glad yeah. that someone didn't get killed in this instance, but I'm not all for the automated robocops. Like, if they're coming out with robots that can actually go at people, detain people, and um, shoot people, are you for that, Sarah? Uh, no, but I, I like the technology of being able to... I mean, there's a person watching the videos on the drone. I mean, they're flying the drones because they have cameras and there's an actual person yeah, yeah. that we, is flying drones. I, I think the, the drone isn't as big of a deal, but my question was, what if in the future the police departments start having robots, you know, shaped like humans that can walk around? There's, you know, a person watching from the eyes of the robot in a remote location something like that and the cops can just go around doing the things they normally do without any risk of getting shot and they can actually arrest people or shoot them if they're being bad would you agree with that sarah well i mean if it's done in a a civil manner i think that it is okay for them to do that in an extremely dangerous situation where they they could only send out a robot i think that they're working on that you know what i mean because they I, i've heard yeah yeah they are working on it jet what is on your mind well there's probably a lot on my mind but only a couple of things i want to share it's actually time to play again say no go now i've been thinking about this thing you know they're on the wall there i don't know if you still have it or not i used to or mark put up a series of words Yep, we have it. Had as alternatives. Yep, it says don't say government. Oppressor, is the word oppressor up there? I think it's written in. No, actually, I don't see it. Maybe over there? Yeah, I don't see it, but that's a good well, one. So basically what he's describing is on the wall in the studio here, we have a piece of paper on three parts of the walls that say, don't say government. It doesn't mean you can never say government, but try to get into the habit of saying government people or goons, being, being tyrants. specific, yeah. Thieves, despots, yeah, parasites. Specific about who who it is that's actually transgressing upon your rights. That kind of thing. Um, so I'm I'm taking the position that there are really only two types of people living on this planet, and that is one oppressors and the oppressed. Now, um, Ernie Hancock puts it this way: He says there are those who wish to be left alone, and those who just won't leave them alone. Right. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to moving up to the Northwest again here 
and uh, finding myself a civil rights lawyer for and what? getting involved in this First Amendment auditor thing. I've, I've gathered all the equipment and I've done a lot of study on it, so I f- believe I could handle myself pretty well. But um, these, uh, these people are kind of making some good money, and I thought I'd like to get in on that. <laughs> Wow, I don't know any First Amendment auditors that make really good money from it necessarily, but I only know the ones in New Hampshire. But I think that'd be really great if you did that. I mean, that's I consider that more of a public service, something that like melts my heart so much more than, you know, the quote unquote public service that the parasites give us. Yeah, I know. I um I have to say I'm very obviously very anti government and that's that's kind of interesting coming from my background which was of course i was pulled into the military very early i i served in two different branches um and uh one part you know was having to deal with in the police military police and um other other state offices and other federal government agencies that kind of thing but i I just came to the place where I, I just saw too much corruption and too much abuse. Right. There's, I mean, so we could say abusers, oppressors and abusers, because that's what they are. Um, there is nothing. Well, the way I, the way I say it is these beasters <laughs> are just other flesh and blood humans who have no more right to do anything than you or, that you or I may not do. I mean, I believe that all humans are equal. Have the same rights. Yeah, and the same same place in the Declaration of Independence for this country itself, it says that, that they're all created equal. I don't see how they can become anything but equal at that point. So no one else has any right to lay down rules upon you, except with the one exception maybe of a parent over their children as they're growing up. But prior to that, unless you consent to those rules, like in an employment situation, um, you can't just automatically, because of your existence, uh, be subject to rules and rulers who will um, get violent with you if you dare disagree with their opinion. It's, um, it's just an amazing thing that we've come up to in this world, what we have. Uh, nearly 200 countries, what we call countries. And each one of these countries has their own set of rules, their own dictators, their own um, capitals. And, and I mean, look at, look at the United States. They too, each state has its own capital, its own police force, its own colors, its own rules and laws that are, that may be different from other states. And I think that's just, insane that the general population accepts this condition of oppression as the norm. I mean, if people are into that, they should be able to to have those services, right? But I, I do think it should be a voluntary thing. Like, it's not fair for me, just because I was born in the United States, that I have to be oppressed by the government. And, and I think that Larkin Rose said this. He said, how... Do these people claim to get the authority that they have? We know that just one person doesn't have the authority to do these things that the government, aka the parasites, do. 
to another person. Yeah, but yet when they get into a group, somehow magically, they gain authority that, that rights that they never had before. And there is a lot of overstep that's happening. And I think that's where or the reason for a lot of the division among the media, how they're trying to divide the population very apparently. I mean, all of the big stories that are going on, all the, the gay flags, gay pride stuff. And, you know, there's there's all these things that are happening in the media and they're all intentionally to divide people. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Frank, you're on uh, on the line with us, on the air with us. Hi, everybody. How are you tonight? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. So the reason I called in is because I saw Ian's message. I tuned in on Monday night, which is one of my favorite nights as a Mark's on the show. And I like the, I like the bickering sometimes between y'all. Yeah. So anyway, and it wasn't on. It was some other person doing a show, a fine job. And then I looked on the, the next night. I talked about it at work the next day. And wow, I was really disappointed. I, I listened to the show. I live by myself, and it just gives me something to think about. So I, I listen to a lot of talk radio, to be honest with you, and I listen to you guys every night for at least an hour or so. And then I came home Tuesday night, turned it on about 8 o'clock, and same thing. And so then I jumped on your website and read the message and was like gut punch, to be honest with you, total gut punch. And I felt bad, but I, I totally got what he was saying about the show has gotten stale as in you get the same – you know, base 10 callers just on every night. There's the angry guy in Arizona about the judge. Yeah. <clears throat> there's that gate, that lady that loves feed cameras. And, you know, there's the, the guy that talks like, good morning or good afternoon, my brother area. And oh, all that. yeah. <laughs> so Ricky, Ricky is what usually gets me to go, all right, I'm done. So anyway, oh I goodness. felt real bad and I felt self-conscious about it. I listen to talk radio all the time and I've never bothered to call in because I just figured, you know, nobody needs to hear from me. But now I felt bad, so I'm calling it to say I think your show is excellent. I really hope that you'll reconsider not phasing it out completely or, or not phasing it out at all. And I would encourage other people listening to please call in. There's interesting topics. You guys are open to talking about anything, and I just don't want to see it go away. So well, that's all I really had to say. Um, I appreciate what you do. And if you do decide not to do this anymore, I mean, that's I mean that's okay for you to do. That's, that's not, not on really, the table. Yeah. No, it's, the Free Talk Live's not going anywhere. And thank you for your uh, call, Frank. But Free Talk Live isn't going anywhere. There are just going to be less live nights a week. And the decision is a lot based on the fact that the callers have gotten stale. It, sometimes Ian tells me stories that sound like a wonderland from being on the radio in like 2006. It sounds so fun. Like people would call in just like, Hey man, me and my girlfriend broke up. What do you think about this? Like that sounds fun to me. Just like people yeah. would well, call in constantly. You wouldn't have you'd have choices between callers all night. And I think um radio was just in general, not only free talk live, but talk radio in general was a little bit more lively. You know, people didn't have Bluetooth in their car and people when they were driving, they listened to radio. At work you listened to radio. This was like a time, you know, before we had you know, constant access to like Spotify and, you know, all of the podcast, like now podcasts are huge. 
So um, I, I totally do believe that it used to be way more lively and a little bit more fun. Um, and this is a way for us to stay on the radio and all those stations without having to do a live show every single night. Because, I mean, for one thing, Ian is on the show six nights a week. And I, uh, you know, I can't even understand. I, I can't believe the amount of dedication he has to free talk live oh yeah absolutely but i also just can't blame him for kind of running out of steam i mean how how many things have you done every night of your life for 20 years or at least six nights of your life a week for 20 years there have been plenty of times that he's been on seven days a week for long stretches of time yeah i remember so right after the raid um captain filled in and he had a stretch I, I, I can't um, exactly. It, it was something like 13 days, like, yep. uh, you know, close to two weeks where Captain, you know, hosted the show first chair every single night because, you know, it was kind of we didn't have Ian and Nobody. we didn't have Aria. So it was kind of like topsy turvy. We had a, you know, a little pieced together cast, but we made it work and we still ran the show every night. Um, but even after that, it seemed like he was pretty pretty uh exhausted just from having to like deal with that and obviously all of the other th- things that the aftermath of the raid you know presented caller you're on free talk live what's your name caller hey good evening it's adam calling tonight adam where are you calling from i'm calling from toronto canada unfortunately oh Boy. i almost joined you folks down there in 2014 i really wanted to join that free state project uh but i decided to keep my heels cool here in canada boy did i make a mistake but uh yeah they're actually they're going to be banning a lot of natural medications soon have you heard about this um i had a story um and maybe it's not going to be an actual ban that the fda doesn't have the ability to ban it but i have a story tonight about some more backwards or you know other roundabout ways that governments are going to try to keep banning kratom and that's a natural medicine that i don't think should be banned what do you have adam no, absolutely not. It seems like it's a natural product, and you can't really regulate nature. Um, but this is the whole problem. I have a neighbor of mine. See, she's been seeing people for her, her bipolar, and of course I would never use a name on the radio, but this is a personal story. I've got to share it because I found that this, this stuff these, these doctors are not allowed to talk about, they all lose their licenses if they talk about how to medicate their patients naturally. So I, I actually found uh, this, this podcast is talking about this stuff called True Hope Empower Plus. I'm not trying to do an ad read here. I'm sorry. I've got no money. I pay if I could. But no, that's all right. I'm uh, interested in this, so definitely right on, continue. Thanks, ladies. So this stuff, it's incredibly, apparently, for 20 years they've been telling this stuff to people with BPD, manic depressive, and all that kind of stuff, and it, they say it's better than their meds. But the doctors can't say that their patients say that. They have to wait for their patients to figure it out. They're like, hmm. you see the problem. It's the same thing with the COVID. It's, they just keep doing this to us, tying so, our hands. And that's why Free Talk Live is so important to me, because you guys know how to actually approach these things. So what, what is it? What exactly is this product that you're talking about? Just a bunch of vitamins. It's a multivitamin. Okay. It's all about brain health. It's not about hacking the brain and trying to get it to do something different like all of these drug designers want to sell their products for. It's just about getting God's work to get done better. So it's, I'll read the bottle, vitamin A, C, D, E, B1, B2, B3. It just goes on and on like that. Yeah, so it's literally just a multivitamin. I mean, that's really interesting. I, I'm wondering what makes this multivitamin different than other multivitamins? Well, I mean, they're all done for certain reasons, but the, the whole thrust of this conversation that I want to engender is that it's, it doesn't start with a problem. It, it, brain health is more like a cycle. People look at nature as if it's something to be 
something you go in and out of, but you're always part of nature. Doctors are, are really the people you have to learn to uh, to go in and out of and sort of put them on the back burner when you need to, but you're always part of nature. Your brain is always going to be using vitamins and minerals. It wasn't built to use Abilify or Ritalin or Xanax. It was built to use vitamin D, A, B, and C. And maybe those pills will enable your brain to use vitamins better, but what if it just had them? All of these people out there were talking about how these pills got them off of their medication, which had side effects and was mismarketed to them and was sold to schizophrenics and then extended to bipolar and, oh, maybe it can be better for people whose medications aren't working enough. It's a depressive. People say that it's a, a depression amplifier, that this pill is something you can use if your antidepressants aren't working well enough. Just slap this on top of it and see what happens. Well, why wouldn't you try that with a vitamin? What's the harm in trying that with a vitamin? Yeah, and I mean, I think it's... A lot of disease, I mean, the roots of the word disease is literally dis-ease. So it's your body coming out of its natural rhythm. And I think, you know, so we we look at, uh, or modern medicine at least, looks at disease and mental illness with all of these sets of symptoms. And they don't really get to the root cause of the issue. Like, why is this person experiencing depression? Why is this person, you know, whatever um, physical ailments of disease, they're not trying to figure out the root cause of it, which could be things like gut health, living an unnatural life, stress, work, um, not getting enough sleep. Like, there's a bunch of things that can can add to this dis-ease of the body. Um, and I, I think, you know, maybe like having you taking more vitamins and certain supplements can definitely help with that. But, yeah, it's just unfortunate that people are being fed all of these pills with nasty side effects. And sometimes, you know, it, it could even make their issues worse or give them different issues. Well, the doctors are getting richer and richer. Yeah, all these kickbacks and stuff like this. And the pharmaceutical um, companies. We were talking before the break about this article about why we should let kids drop out. And um, in the in the break, we're giving each other kind of our own stories about how bad public school is. And actually, both of you guys graduated early compared to me i didn't have any kind of option to graduate early but uh i don't see you guys being like dumber than the average person for like you know not that you dropped out i know you didn't drop out but you know hurrying up and finishing high school i mean if anything tim being 19 is like the most uh like mature 19 year old i know i don't even think that yeah, I, I think that like public school having to be forced to stay in public school kind of stunts people. Yeah, and I I kind of I understand like wanting young children to be able to have a chance at education. So like and that's kind of why the whole purpose of public school, right? So all of these kids can have a chance to to go to school and the the idea behind forcing it on them is so their parents can't don't have the option to just like not educate them and and it it seems like it could be a very good positive thing but i think especially once kids get into high school it's like at 14 years old when i went to my guidance counselor and i was like i'm miserable here i am literally depressed and suicidal i'm not learning anything this is a terrible environment for me i feel like i'm in a prison when i told my guidance counselor that they were like well you can't um, drop out and t- without your parents, you know, signing off on it until you're 18. So, and, and she did tell me about the dual enrollment program so I could go to college and take college level courses and finish up high school in that way. But, but it was just crazy that it's like, well, I know you're like, 
really like being in this environment is not well for your, you know, mental well-being. But it was just kind of like, well, there's nothing you can do about it. So, well, I think that's kind of a given because if you take, you know, a bunch of kids who don't want to go to school, who don't want to learn, you go, you stick them into like this commune, like this compound, yeah, where they can't leave, they can't do what they want. I mean, you're going to have issues. Yeah, and forget if somebody's getting bullied or doesn't get along with the kids there. And I, I just think at like 14 years old, if you've decided that you don't want to go to school anymore. That I there shouldn't be any law against, you know, I, 14 year olds should be able to go out and get a job. Yeah, It's kind of ridiculous that there's, you know, they, they can't even get a job until they're 16 years old. I mean, I was mature enough at 14 to have a job and I, I really, really wanted a job. And like the second I turned 16 and I could get a job, I went out and got one. And like Jesus, like if somebody drops out of high school, they're 14 and they realize, oh, no, I have a lot of stuff I wish I would have learned. You have the Internet now. You can learn basically anything. And you can go get your GED. You can go, uh, you know, and then maybe go take college courses. Like, it's not like, oh, if you drop out, then that's it forever. You can never, ever go back to school and you're never going to have the opportunity to learn those things. No, you're absolutely right. Like, um, you, there's multiple options for further education yeah. in just the public school system that kids can actually use. Like, Coursera is a great um, great tool for that you can go i mean there's other companies that actually issue uh certificate programs that you can go and learn you know get your certificates at from them yeah so there's further you know resources that kids could utilize rather than just the public school system yeah yeah and uh there's a lot of really awesome homeschooling curriculum too that a lot of it's high school level so even if they wanted something a little bit more uh, organized, not just like, oh, I'm going to go on the internet and like try to teach myself all these things from YouTube videos. I mean, those resources are available. I mean, I think YouTube's a great um, tool. I mean, I think a lot of can be learned from that. Yeah. Definitely. The thing about public schools is the kids who want to learn the most are just being d- done a disservice because they can't do things like keep asking questions like this happened to Tim. It's true. Um, when I moved to West Virginia and I was enrolled to uh, public schools in grade six, um, my history teacher, who was previously a burger flipper at Burger King, because that's the lovely uh, qualifications that we have in, down there in West Virginia, um, what happened was, well, as someone who's very interested in the history topic and loves learning to begin with, um, I asked too many questions and what was I told? I was told to shut up, stop asking questions, stop disrupting the class because, you know, I'm being a burden apparently. And it's really sad that asking questions and, and legitimate questions too. I mean, it's one thing if, you know, you have kids that are just being disruptive and like asking, you know, questions that aren't relevant. But if a student is genuinely inquiring, wanting to know more information and they're told that they're be that is not disruptive. I mean, that is something that could be beneficial to the whole class. Really, what that meant is either your teacher didn't know the answer, right. or she just didn't want to. You know, she was just trying to breeze through the content as quickly as possible, and just you know check off like check off the her to do list that she needed to do with the class. Well, to further that story, actually, I can uh, I can attest to that exactly that because the same teacher uh, we were learning about World War II. And uh, I, I simply asked, well, who was the emperor of Japan during World War II? And she not only didn't say, you know, I don't know. She said, well, go look it up in Google. 
And, and that's, that's thing, it's such like a cop out. We got an email to us that was sent out to all the government workers in the New Hampshire state capitol warning them that people with cameras may be coming soon. And I think that's just hilarious. In fact, I think it's just great. Act responsible. Yep. Uh, act like you're actually working or, you know. I, I just think it's ridiculous, but it's also great. It's, it, it shows a great um, thing about New Hampshire culture. The fact that the... Um, and not, not that they should be afraid, because that's the, that's the other thing that's so great about it, is that these auditors, these First Amendment auditors, aren't going in and doing anything to actually harm people or, uh, you know, hurt people or doing anything wrong. And the government agents, the way they act about it, I guess we should just get right into it. Um, we'll come back to this public school thing because it's just, uh, we're already on the topic and I think it's pretty freaking great. The way that the government goons act about being filmed by a camera just says so much about them because the fact that if you don't want light shown on you, you must be doing something dark, you know? What are you doing that you want to be, uh, in the dark? As long as you've Uh, agreed to, uh, be in the public light. I mean, obviously Well, and that's the thing, like, I get, like, for the random receptionist or clerk lady that just happens to work at the courthouse who might not know the ins and outs of what she agreed to. I do kind of, and it is, but I do kind of, I don't necessarily think like, oh, well, this lady has to be hiding something just because maybe she's, you know, just wants some privacy. Well, okay. Because um, I do get that side of it, but it's also like when you're agreeing to something, especially in, you know, a work situation, you should know who you're working for and what you agreed to. And if she wants some privacy, another thing I wonder is, does she know that day in and day out she's doing something like processing tickets for these people that never ask to be uh, part of this system where they can get a ticket for parking in a quote-unquote wrong place or parking somewhere too long? You know, I, I don't think she's really respecting others' privacy on top of the fact that she obviously didn't read um, her agreement when she yeah, started like working for the government book or whatever contract they well, have I, to sign well i don't think that i mean i think that people do reserve you know should have the right to privacy but you know when you join a government job and you work for the people and the public you kind of remove your right exactly you know of you know privacy in the public eye yeah and i mean that's kind of like me being like oh well i don't want to be on camera because i don't like it but there's cameras all over where i work exactly like no i i took this position knowing that there might be cameras involved and yeah here here it is here's the email that got leaked it's from terrence r faff p f a f f chief operating officer general court of new hampshire which is the state house and he says hi i want to make you aware of a message to the Uh, General Court of New Hampshire that suggested that many auditors with cameras will be on State House campus next Monday, July 17th. While we have had, and I trust we will continue to have random visits by the so-called First Amendment auditors, this was a specific date and time communicated. Do we know why they think that people are going to be showing up? Is is it someone's court case or... I don't know the why, but I did hear that it's going to be Preston H. Now, and he is a great auditor in New yeah. England. I'm pretty sure he lives in New Hampshire now. And uh, apparently he announced that he's going to be there. I don't know who. 
uh, how they know that many will be there. But yeah. now Ian and I plan to go and just, you know, walk around and film. Yeah. And I mean, I just wonder, it would seem to be random to just go there on a day where something's not happening. Yeah. I don't know uh, what the why would be. Okay. But um, well, I guess if you guys go, you'll find out. Yep. Hopefully we'll find out. Um. Yeah. So she calls or he calls them so-called First Amendment auditors. And I thought that that was pretty funny. Um, a video posted from a visit to the state house annex by an auditor. I think it was revealed to be um, press and H now last June may have stimulated the message relative to the potential visit Monday. While I doubt the visit will materialize. Too bad for you. I wanted you to know <laughs> of the potential for it to happen just in case you may be on campus Monday. Yours in good government. Terrence R. Faff. Oh, that's how he signs? Yep. From the American Spectator called Let Kids Drop Out, Why Compulsory Education Harms Even the Most Gifted Students. Um, so basically she started off explaining that the COVID-19 really has um, created a learning loss for students who had to shift to virtual learning. And she says, To right the wrongs of the pandemic, the solution is more school at least in North Carolina, where lawmakers are alarmed by rising dropout rates. That's not what she's saying that her answer would be, but that's what North Carolina is forcing on people. It says a bipartisan bill would raise the age of compulsory education from 16 to 18, a requirement held by a majority of the states already. But is attending school until 18 really the best way to prepare for entering the workforce or have policymakers just lost their imaginations? A New Hampshire representative, Travis Corcoran, has not lost his imagination. He recently introduced HB 399, which would give New Hampshire students a way to test out of high school and receive a high school equivalency certificate. In an interview with the American Spectator, he called the state's public schools super expensive Government-run schools that cater to the lowest common denominator and have a multi-decade-long track record of accomplishing precious little. So what he's talking about is basically just getting your GED except calling it a high school diploma. Is that what's going on here? So testing out so you can get your high school diploma instead of... It says a high school equivalency certificate. Okay, so that would be a GED then. But that people can already do that, so I don't understand... Well, apparently there's not a way because he says in New Hampshire he needed to pass this law to make it to where people can test out and receive the highest. That's I think what you're uh, saying is like just drop out and then get a GED. So I see what you're saying. Maybe this is a little different than a GED. It kind of sounds like, you know, in order to drop out, he has to pass a test. Kind of sounds like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't actually read the whole bill or and I don't know what the um, difference between the high school equivalency certificate is and a GED. I think that is, I think it's the same thing. Or or maybe he's talking, and that's and that's what I'm saying, maybe he's talking about in this bill, because it, it does look, uh, the GED is essentially the same thing as a high school diploma, but when you look at someone's resume and it says GED instead right. of high school diploma, it looks bad. Maybe. I to, mean, to a lot of employers, it looks bad. It doesn't look as good as, you know, finishing high school. Well, that's, that's true, and like, especially with a lot of colleges now, like, um, yeah, a lot of colleges, like, I mean, GEDs are not as, you know, openly accepted. I mean, yeah. even homeschool diplomas aren't as openly accepted yeah. as a high school diploma, that. and that's kind of, it's so ridiculous because, yeah. you know, you know, sometimes people with a GED or a homeschool diploma is more educated. Yeah, than yeah they don't want to actually, 
more educated child. They want somebody who's done the obedience training. Exactly. Yeah, but but basically, so if if this bill would make it so students could test out and still receive a high school diploma instead of a GED, I think that would be excellent. Yeah, I think so, too. It says Corkhan's bill is the latest instance of a conservative education policy. I don't think he's really conservative, but um, that sets itself apart by pledging to promote freedom. He emphasizes that his bill does not necessarily present the choice to drop out. Students are still free to choose to attend a faith based school or no school at all after receiving the certificate. Wait, oh, it does not necessarily present the choice to drop out. So you can receive the certificate and then still continue going to school? I don't really get that. Um, Yeah, because once you have, like, once you graduate, right, or have your diploma, then you can't go back to high school. Then it's kind of done. So it seems like they could get that certificate of completion and then still maybe go to a private school if they wanted to. I don't I don't see why you would. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really but, see why you would. I mean, if it sounds like if you're leaving high school, I mean, if you're going to do any further education, yeah. you just go to college. Yeah, right, or college. Or or just transfer out of high school and then go to whatever private school and but, then get your high school diploma there. It yeah, just seems, I don't I don't see why I you would understand. need to like graduate, I don't think, from high school in order to go to a private school though. Yeah, it's a little weird. It says the bill he writes is for exceptional students who can prove that they have mastered all of the content expected of average students and more. The stakeholders who support the bill include tons of homeschoolers, gifted students, tutors who work with gifted students and others. He continues, he says that the bill's opponents are Democrats and public school (laughs) teachers who live off tax dollars. Yep, sounds legit. Yep. Says several gifted teenagers I spoke to told me that, in fact, they'd rather go to college, engage in independent study, or research nuclear power preparatory to a career in the Navy. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.